Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Monday, October 26th. On the show with us today is Peter Kieran, hailing all the way from the Great White North, Calgary, Alberta, the farthest in North Point, I think. Of the Rocky Mountains, does it end at your doorstep? It does not. It goes right? on. It goes on almost all the way up to Alaska, my friend. Okay. Uh, well, it shows you how much you I know about close. that. that was I know a lot about the southern end swing of the Rockies. <laughs> but uh, but I can see the Rockies from my house, so that's nice. Wow. Okay. So Peter, thanks for joining us, man. He is a cloud platform architect at VMware. He's in charge of the hybrid cloud story for all of Canada, and we're going to talk about some tech news with him today. Tyler, you want to kick it off? Yes, absolutely. So, Peter, for anybody that follows on Twitter, is always posting pictures of gorgeous things uh, near and far from his home. And uh, he listened into our episode, uh, totally not ragging on the iPhone whatever version they just released. <laughs> and it's uh, many new camera features. And um, and he he offered to actually come on and uh, dig in a little bit to a topic that I, I think I brought up when I was just saying it seems like some of the, quote, pro photography features in the iPhone 12 are um, a, a bit niche. And I wonder if they actually are going to get used by, you know, consumers outside of the tiny prosumer group or if they're actually going to get used by photographers. And he wanted to weigh in on that. So bring it absolutely well thanks uh yeah i mean i'm i'm totally jazzed for the iphone uh, pro particularly the pro raw and uh, i don't know if you guys know a lot about uh you know how raw works but essentially it's the raw sensor data but what's really exciting about the apple stuff is the they're going to include all their neural imaging uh, information into their raw files now. So if you took a look at you know, cool. a, a raw, if you took a look at a raw file off an iPhone today, it, it's it's uh, the sensor in all these uh, phones are pretty small. Like uh, if you think about uh, a full frame camera, it's a 35 millimeter sensor. Uh, imagine 35 millimeters of a lens somewhere on, on a on a iPhone or or a Samsung or whatever. It's it's, it's a lot of real gonna, estate. It's a lot of real estate to give up, right? Does and the Microsoft it, Duo have it? Oh no, they went <laughs> down. They went backwards five steps in cameras. I'm sorry. Continue. Burn. <laughs> so so that's how was the challenge uh, with with uh, some of these. Uh, camera phones is is the fact that they have these really small sensors so they can't gather as much light as you know a dslr or a mirrorless full frame camera or even aps-c cameras so you know from a pro photo perspective what they make up for it is is of course the fact that they've got incredible processing power and you know with what is it 11.8 billion transistors in an iphone uh, 12 you're really going to kick it up a notch in terms of how you can process these photos and, and add value back in. And I'll give an example. Uh, I went out and I shot sunrise out at uh, Moraine Lake earlier this summer, and and my iPhone actually took a more realistic out-of-the-camera photo of what the scene looked like. And, and why Oh, was see, that? that's awesome. That's crazy. Why was that? It was because they can process in real time where my camera yeah. doesn't have anywhere near that. You know, even a, uh, mm. my, my Nikon cameras now probably 10 years old i've got a d800 and it just can't process that but the sensor is so big that when i bring it back in and i play around with the raw file mm -hmm. i can get what i want out of it now the difference between my iphone one and what i get on my nikon is i have 36 megapixels you know 
you know, to, to play with. So I can blow that thing up. I, in fact, printed out a yeah, 24 by 36 and, and, and it looks great. In fact, I could probably go up to twice as big and, and it would still look fantastic. Do that with my iPhone and you're going to see all the pixels and all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that, you know, artifacts. Yeah, the image from all, from all, all this degrades quickly. Sure. Exactly. But uh, with pro raw, they're going to actually embed all of that information into the, into the raw file. So now I can That's start awesome. playing with white balance. I can start playing with all kinds of stuff inside the image itself. Which well, is, and you can which blow is, it up which as is gonna big be, as, yeah. I mean, I, I, how many megapixels are the, the, um, shots that are coming on the pro it's a it's, it's 12 i think it's 12, 12. right okay so that's 12 still, still that's really is, good i mean that's probably 10 years ago in your in your prosumer dslr oh. space but you know i i literally have some very large wall hanging uh photos that i got from you know raw images that i took on on a camera that was probably comparable from a uh, megapixel perspective which just is gonna prevent some of the aberrations you get when you blow it up but and even more so, and and we, you know, I like hearing you guys talk about AI and machine learning and all of that. You know, there's lots of programs out there now. Uh, Topaz Studio makes a whole bunch of uh, artificial intelligence uh, programs that help you blow things up. They've got Gigapixel AI, and they've got Sharp yeah, masking and all kinds of stuff. So Gigapixel so, a little while back. Yeah, Gigapixel is, is is quite interesting because it actually uses AI to actually look at all the neighboring pixels as it blows it up. So you can blow up a, a you know twelve megapixel image and make it a forty eight megapixel image so that you wow. can make it wall sized and uh, and it will actually use a whole bunch of machine learning and artificial intelligence to find out you know what what should be the next pixel to this as I enlarge wow. it so you don't get pixelation as you as you blow yeah. your image up that's is, awesome which is you know noise is always the the you know the the enemy of any photographer we don't mm-hmm. want to have any any noise in any image we want them to be nice and clean and the the thing that really interests me in the new iPhone is you know the dynamic range is is huge um, you yeah. know, 13 stops of dynamic range used to be a blow your mind number, you know, a, a traditional camera film camera, maybe had six and, and now you've got, you know, cameras out there that have 15, 17, 20 stops of dynamic range. And I don't know, are you guys familiar with what a stop is in terms of, uh, uh, uh you know, camera? So essentially, yeah, the f-stop. Yeah, the f-stop. So essentially, yeah. you know, wide open, you know, on a, on a really fast lens, it, it'll be a low number. Uh, the lower the number, the more light that you, you know, the bigger the aperture opening. So you're gathering more light. Uh, but as you gather more light, you blow out highlights. And, and so then you lose some detail somewhere along the way. So you, you've kind of got to always balance how much light you're gathering with how much light is in the ambient solution. So it, with neural imaging, it, you, you can... You, you can eliminate, you know, blowing out your highlights or losing detail in the shadows because it can take five pictures and put them all together in, in a heartbeat. So yeah, I think awesome. that's really where this new camera. The other thing that the iPhone Pros have that, you know, is in-camera stabilization as well. So that that is something that yeah. we did not talk about when we and, and I hadn't heard as much about. But I remember, uh, I mean, this is probably 15 years ago now, but uh, image stabilization, mechanical image stabilization in your point and shoots, but the higher end sort of digital uh, uh, cameras uh, that are point and shoot. So before you get to the yeah, uh, right. you know the DLR or DSLR space or, or even the the older, but the lenses would have that kind of technology in it, and lenses can be very expensive because lenses can be very customized. But that was a huge step forward because especially in low light conditions. So. And that's, I think that's really going to be the huge thing from an iPhone perspective, what, what they're doing with that, with that, I mean, essentially they're putting a shock absorber wrapped around the sensor. So so uh, uh, no more shaky video. 
you know. Yeah, so you're you're talking about specifically in the Pro Max the sensor shift optical image uh, stabilization. That right? is exactly it. Right? Oh, it's so, sensor shift. So, I thought it was mechanical. Yeah. I thought I saw mechanical. Well, no, and glass, I was mind blown. Yeah. yeah. So so in all of the in the previous phones that have had it, it's the it's the lens that moves, right? Yeah. Which is a lot heavier than the sensor. The sensor can move faster and it's lighter. Yeah, but right? sen- sensor mo- shift that's a step in the right direction, but sensor shift is not superior to uh, mechanical image stabilization. No, a I'm mechanical Im- image stabilization is going to be better. Uh, now, to do it properly, I don't know if, you know, in something that's millimeters thick, I don't think we're going to be able to yeah. do something properly from a well, that's what I'm standpoint. So I that, that's what that. I wanted to get to, though. So the sensor shift is something you would see in a camera in, in, in a, in a um, like a DSLR, right? So that way you wouldn't have to use um, image stabilized uh, capable lenses. Correct. Just throw so, any other. So, what's the advantage here then? Why? Why have that? Is why it, have is it that? Because it can move faster. I, I don't. I don't understand. Because that's so that's the one feature that's that is that I'm intrigued about that would take me to the Pro Max. But I'm thinking about not getting it because I don't really understand what that is. Well, and that, and that and that's why I want to see it. Right. <laughs> very yeah. very rarely do I feel I need to see a, see a phone in person before I buy it. But uh, the iPhone Max, you know, I think I'm going to actually need to go down to the Apple Store and play around with it. Because I want to see what that's all about. Because I have a I have an XS, you know, Max today, and it does the trick. But you know, I'm I'm really intrigued by the Pro Raw number one because I I really want to see how I can play around with those images and and use some of that neural imaging uh, that they have to make better photos and yeah. make unique photos. Because that uh, that imaging or that information you're talking about. So for for all the people out there who and I don't know if you could have done this on iPhones, but I you know that have Android phones. Is that the difference? Is that they're providing more data? Because when I first saw that, I was like, what is Pro Raw? Because I've been able to take raw images off of my phones for years. Ab- and absolutely. So, and you so can do that today on an iPhone. Is. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so there so is a difference there. They're embedding all of the processing information. So if I took my yeah. phone today and took the raw information off my iPhone, the picture looks terrible. Why? Because all of the all of the stuff that Apple gives me, uh, you know, from their processing of that photo to make it HDR, or they might blend a couple of exposures, or they might give me live mode and do the you know all the funky features that they do after the fact, like uh, long exposure stuff. They don't they don't give you that with RAW. They just give you what the sensor sees. So you've got to play right. with it after the fact, and quite. Frankly, they don't give you all of the information in the raw file that you might get off a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. So it, it's limited in, in what you can actually play around with, you know, in, in Lightroom or Photoshop or, or whatever platform of choice that you want to edit your photos in. So just, you know, kind of what you see is what you get with the, with the images today. With Pro Raw, you're going to be able to take all of their neural uh, imaging data and have that inputted in and embedded into the raw file. So now I can start seeing how they change things, what they're what what they used from a white balance perspective or X or Y or Z, and now I can have a better starting point to to play around with my images. Well, that helps a lot because now I can explain to my wife um, what one of the things is that's that's making the Pro Max <laughs> better because she's she's trying to evaluate if she wants to go. Well, you don't uh, have to go to the Pro, the Pro Max. Russ, the only difference in the, so the Pro Max, the only thing you get is it's larger, longer battery life, and then you get that sensor shift optical image stabilization. And everything else that he's talking about, you you do get a bigger telephoto lens too. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, slightly uh, larger telephoto lens. That's right. Yeah. So you get a little bit more because they have more space. They can put a longer telephoto in there. But yeah. you know, I think that the pro rod, all that stuff there. is there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because it, there was a there was a big debate on Apple for the first time ever limiting a software feature based on phone gate. Ooh. Yeah. And so that was uh, that's interesting um, that that they're not doing that. There, I mean, there was a that blew up for a little while. Uh, over the internet because it was just, it's like there was like artificial limitations being put yeah. across the phones because i don't know maybe people they felt like they couldn't differentiate them enough but that's good to know that that, that isn't that is not case. the case yeah so so quick question you said at the beginning you mentioned um the size of a dslr camera sensor yeah do we, do we have any concept of the size of the sensor in the phone by comparison it's uh uh it's probably maybe uh, if it's a third, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Right. So like mm -hmm. the, the sensors in phones typically are tiny. Uh, yeah, the yeah. other, the other thing that is really interesting is they moved to an F 1.6 lens uh, on, on the iPhone pro. So you can open the iris up and gather a lot more light, especially in low light situations. You want to have that, yeah, uh, you know, you want to have a wide really aperture. low number. So it's a, it's a huge wide aperture. And the other aspect, when you, when you shoot in a really wide aperture, your, your plane of focus is really narrow. So having that LIDAR sensor is going to be crucial in, in actually capturing crisp images at low mm, That's light. a good point. And I think, I think that those two things are going to be great for someone like me. I take a lot of night photos and it's always hard to focus at night with the, with the LIDAR. It's going to be easy for actually me to use my phone to grab a quick focus point. And then I can mimic that on my camera a little bit easier. Mm, so that's a good point. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably use that as you know, hey, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, you know, taking a picture in the dark at, at a at a lake, and I'm trying to focus in somewhere. Maybe I might use that as an extra tool for me to to actually help focus my actually other camera. So have you got any great shots of uh, the Milky Way? From an oh, iPhone, you uh, you know what? I actually do have a couple of good shots of Milky Way. The problem is, you you just can't uh, set it for um, long enough to gather enough light. Yeah. So you know, is it okay? Can I tell that it's the Milky Way? Yes. Would I ever you know put that out on Twitter as my uh, no as a Milky Way <laughs> shot? Probably not. I and and again, I'm uh, yeah. excited because of f one point six. Now yeah. I could probably actually gather enough light that I can get a decent Milky Way shot out of that. So, so just, uh, we'll we'll see the next time I go out. Milky Way season, by the way, is over uh, in the northern hemisphere. It kind of runs from March to September. So the the core, the galactic core of the Milky Way, kind of disappears on the horizon in the middle of the night, um, pretty much at the end of September. So maybe for you, that far north. Uh, it's pretty much I anywhere in the north. It. It, you can still see the Milky Way, but you won't get the galactic core, which is ah, okay. kind of you know that that the really fun part. well. well <laughs> yeah. you got you got a whole bunch of nebula that show up in your shots, and it, it makes it look cool. Can you get some good shots of the Milky Way even outside of that? Yeah, um, but uh, typically it's at the wrong time of night. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you want it really dark to get a good shot of the Milky Way, which you know it's always hard to. The further you go north, the harder it is too, because night night is fairly short in terms of astronomical night. Uh, in the middle of you know late June here, and even in Calgary, which is fairly far south, and in in Canada, you know you you might get two hours of true darkness. Uh, you know, in in the middle of June, July. That's wild. Right. So, and I used to live in Edmonton, which is three hours north, and you know the sun wouldn't set till eleven thirty at night, and then it would get up at four. 
So, you know, you, you, and twilight is you know going to be an hour and a half on either side of that. So you, yeah. you, you don't have much time to actually do any night shots in the, in the farther north you go, because you do get midnight sun even at the end of the Alberta border up to the Northwest Territories. It's, Are you farther north in latitude than Ireland? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. I, I can remember going there, I think in September, October of last year and, you know, go have a full work day. And then you have probably six or seven more hours of daylight to go and explore the, the country. Right. And <laughs> we, we'd be eating dinner at nine 30 at night and the sun is still, you know, many degrees off the horizon. It's yeah. wild. I have played golf. Um, uh, I did some work up in the Northwest territories and I played golf at midnight and got Oof. 18 holes in. That's awesome. <laughs> so I ended up I have this, a new uh, bucket list item. Yeah. I ended up finding this article. So my inability to read. So the the software based differentiation actually comes between the non pro models and the pro models. It's just so much of the focus has been on the pro max that that's why it read that way. Exactly. Uh, the, uh, yeah, and this is uh, what I'm reading here is what's notable about both of these features. Talking about camera based software features like Dolby Vision. HDR and uh, Pro Raw uh, is that while they are exclusive to the iPhone Pro models, um, said exclusively, it is a marketing choice, not a capability choice. This is, as far as I can tell, the first time that Apple has distinguished between iPhone models via software and not hardware. So that's just sort of an interesting take on uh, a, maybe a new route for for Apple to go with the software differentiation between between their products, which I think traditionally, you know, they've been pretty well defined by hardware. So just uh, an interesting little tidbit about this iPhone generation. Yeah, I, I think that is so really Pete, are you getting one of the two? I, I'm, I, I am. I'm kind of on the fence which one I'm going to get. So um, okay, my well, contract. I'm going to wait so. until you. Yeah, I'm yeah so you make a decision and then I'll do the same. So I'm interested between because <laughs> neither one of you seem to have any care at all for the size difference. I mean, that's primarily the thing that my wife is looking at. She's like, do I no. want a very large phone or do I want a They're almost the same to phone? me, dude. Yeah. Russ, I'm a big guy. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm well, t- I'm so I mean, I'm so sick of the eight and how stinking tiny it is. <laughs> like it just fits in the palm of my hand and disappears. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go for 35 years and you would have <laughs> incrementally increased every year by the, by now. I'm going to go the total opposite direction, get the biggest phone I can. Yeah. Well, then that would be the Pro Max. So this seems easy to me. So size okay, in this particular case is important. <laughs> fine. And, and typically I would have picked the Max because of battery life was better. But now they seem yeah. to be almost identical. Uh, I think I, I, I've looked at uh, the, the Pro Teardown. I haven't seen any teardowns on the Max yet, obviously. But, uh, you know, the battery life is always the most important thing for me. Because, you know, as as you're <laughs> untethered throughout the day, as you, you go about your day as an outbound salesperson, battery life becomes super important. And, uh, you know, that's why I've always gone with the Max. Uh, I've kind of, I had the iPhone 8 or the iPhone 7 uh, Pro, whatever the large one was, and then the Pro Plus, and then I went to the XS Max, and it, it was all driven by battery life rather than the screen size. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And I, I've been hearing that the the newer version, which I, I don't think was a problem, at least that was what I told my wife, is that it has lower battery life than the previous model because the the batteries are a little bit smaller. Uh, and that was surprising. But they yeah. it's just I, it's probably because I, I are they and I could be wrong, are they more edge to edge than they were on the previous models? I don't know if they got rid of any of the 
the I notch be- or anything I, like that. I'm uh, not sure if the, the phone is the phone physically smaller while having a larger screen or the same size. I don't I don't know. No, I, still, I don't know why it, they have smaller batteries. It just seems strange yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's still got that notch on it. It still has oh, a notch, but the uh, the screen size um, on my XS Max is I think six point five inches, and it's six point seven with the same it's six, seven. same same form factor. So you're gaining an extra you know point two of an inch. Okay, so yeah, they they did they did do a little bit more edge to edge. I I feel like yeah. they were pretty borderless mm-hmm. to begin with, so I didn't know how much further they they had to go. Yeah. So, but it should be exciting from a photography perspective, especially you know I always say the the best camera is the one that you can take with you, right? Like if I'm yeah, it's I'm the one you have yeah, when course. you want the shot. If, if I if I'm taking all my lenses out with my two camera bodies <laughs> with with two two tripods, yeah. I'm carrying about forty five pounds of gear. You know, it's it's you you do. <laughs> appreciate the fact that something is you know less than a pound that fits in your pocket that takes a real yeah, picture that's yeah I'm, I'm not a photographer so i am i mean my phone is is every single picture that i take period and and you know what the best phone is the the, the one you have with you some of my best shots i took a shot when i was in san francisco for vm world back in 2014 on my iphone 5 and it's i think one of my favorite shots it was at fort point and i just happened to catch a wave crashing at the right point and you know the lighting was great and it's one of my favorite pictures you know but i could never blow it up because it you know it's pretty <laughs> yeah. tiny but do you have I, a site that you share these um, I, I, we can direct people I, to? I don't yet. I'm just actually building a website. My wife's been bugging me for years to build a website. And I said, if I build a website, then I got to update a website and it, it kind of defeats the purpose <laughs> of me having a relaxing hobby. So I do it more as a hobby, but, uh, I'm on Twitter at Canmore man. I, I publish a lot on, on that. And, uh, I'm on a couple of Facebook groups. Unfortunately, I, I, it's the only reason I still have a Facebook. Account. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'd love to <laughs> digest my, Instagram? I, 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 uh, I do have an Instagram account. I'm not very active on it. I'm just starting to be more active on it. And again, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, peak here and is my Instagram account. So well, maybe that's a better route than trying to stand up yeah. a website and updating the website. Just post your mm-hmm. awesome photos there. Yeah. So, you know, I've never been much of an Instagram site. Uh, again, they're owned by Facebook. So that's why I haven't done yeah. much on them. Um, sure. Uh, it's again, hip with the kids, I'd love to do though, VR, you know I mean? but nah, I don't want to buy an Oculus because they want me to use my <laughs> Facebook login. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Get the Oculus. Uh, awesome. It's great. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's for work, honey. Yeah, no, that I don't know. Yeah. If lie. Yeah, I think that'll Although, work. Yeah, exactly. Virtual meetings, hon. That's it. I'll awesome. I'll send you a picture of me in a meeting while wearing it, and then you can use that as uh, as, as your, just, your justification. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, so any other big uh, tech news from the weekend that you guys had seen? Um, Man, you, you know, there's something it? we haven't actually talked about yet, which is. Big news, I think, and probably deserve longer than we're going to have here. But uh, the U.S. government is taking action against Google, and we haven't uh, actually yeah. dipped into it yet. So uh, antitrust, <laughs> uh, yeah. the antitrust <laughs> hearings resulted in pursuit. Um, and I reading through um, the some of the news about it, but then also um, I went I went and read uh, the beginning of. Um, the actual court filing, uh, it, it effectively says that Google's use of Chrome and uh, extensive, it, the way they described it was the way they had set up how they were dealing with advertisers and how they were dealing with uh, like device OEMs to make Google apps uh, 
you know, permanent, not deletable, for instance, and um, sort of front and center was just lots of money. So you got a Samsung phone running Android and Chrome is going to be the first thing you see because I gave you $16,000 phone. I'm exaggerating, but, but the point being, they're saying they were leveraging their absolute might in the industry to edge out competition, which if you read through it, so my gut reaction was like, don't mess up my Chrome, right? Because I do enjoy Chrome. I like Chrome. And, and we've talked about integration is good for consumers too, but anti-competitive stuff isn't. And so I'm actually really curious to see where this goes because I don't know that I'd want Chrome ripped away from Google, but I was actually thinking about it last night. Kind of depends on what happens to Chrome if it gets ripped away from Google. Yeah, so um, this is this comes down to it's less about Chrome. And, and, and let me give you a like Mark Cuban um, who, look, man, I love you, but you're wrong. Um, he, he said, he made this comment. He said the, the DOJ antitrust case against Google effectively comes down to if you dominate your market because you're better at AI, then your competitors will come after you. It's just, it's the wrong take. It, this is not a big is bad uh, conversation. This is a Google pays Apple 12, several, to $12 billion. Yeah, exactly. In order to get Google to be the default search engine. It's eight, and, eight and to $12 billion. Just, I mean, it's really yes. so this yeah, is year. Yeah. 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 This was in the New York Times. Uh, oh, gosh. On the 25th. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. yesterday yeah. I believe. So Apple, the, the, the quote here, Apple now receives an estimated $8 billion to $12 billion in annual payments, up from $1 billion a year in 2014 in exchange for building Google's search engine into its products. Yep. It's probably the single biggest payment that Google makes to anyone. Yeah, I would say so. Probably. Yes. Wow. And accounts for 14 to 21% of Apple's annual profits. That's, I mean, there you go. That right there. Like how else is any other competitor supposed to ever get exactly. their search engine onto an iPhone? And no one changes their defaults. Like the, the, the case against it's going to be the, you know, competition is just a click away, um, which is, I think, actually a, a phrase from one of the Google leadership from years ago. <laughs> and so it's just a, that's going to be their defense. From here's, Microsoft's playbook. Here's the issue: um, the 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 antitrust and and anti-monopoly sort of laws that we have are written in the consumer standard, and so it's does this negatively affect consumers? And, and here's the problem: it doesn't. And and most consumers like these companies that are under scrutiny right now. And so there is a very realistic chance that by the letter of the law, Google could still win this thing. And what what really will probably need to happen, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, is, is that there needs to be some different type of law or approach to some of this type of behavior. Um, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see it unfold. I think if I were betting today... It's as ridiculous as it sounds. I think I'd bet on Google, but the 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 interesting approach that I'm 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 impressed by by the DOJ is that they they didn't go after everything. They went after one specific thing, and they're making a pretty strong case against it. My only fear is that Google has sort of been battling a lot of these charges in the EU for years, and the EU is much stronger against this stuff. Um, and and Google's been effectively bat- batting it down left and right in the EU oh, for wow. years. So yeah. you know it'll be interesting interesting to that. see what they do over over the next few years with this because I absolutely think this type of behavior is this is this is not the you know once again big is not bad but how you act when you're big 
absolutely can be bad. And I think this right. is. So I hope that this is brought under control. I just don't know that. I don't know if our laws are ready for it. And I think that that's going to be the biggest concern yeah. here. I think there's a lot of nuances in this too. Google's response is simply that the suit is, quote, deeply flawed. <laughs> the state and, and all this. Yeah. So I, I'm sure they're, uh, I'm sure they're, yeah. We will sure watch this space. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No, this is, it'll, it'll be good to follow and see where it goes. And I mean, there's a ton of really interesting conversation that's happening on the side as a result of it too. So it's, uh, it's going to be good for headlines and churn and opinions and all that stuff. So anyone listening out there that knows a lot about it, you want to come join us? We'd love to have you on the show. Cuban, come on the show. Tell me. Yeah, there I'm you off. go. To defend yourself against hey, Russ. <laughs> by the way, that is that's working. Um, someone, several people were suggesting several other people to come join the show. Um, and uh, there is a lady in Colorado that is writing a book about the moon that is going to come on our that's show. That's so exciting. <laughs> it's That'll awesome. Be awesome. That will be awesome. She <laughs> is the Twitter. person there to ask questions about the moon. Like, how cool yeah. is that? Yeah. It's self-proclaimed. Just, I'm so excited. Yep. I like the good, moon. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right. right, I think I think that's a good a place as any to make it call and just say thank you for joining us for another episode of Tech Breakfast Podcast. Kieran, thanks for being here, man. Uh, it was really me. great to get your perspective on all of the photography stuff in general and tech news as well. Um, I'd love to have you back on sometime. But Absolutely. today Dude, we got to wrap it up. Stop you. Why? I, I just saw something. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. We we'll hot, get back to the take. shutdown. You got to go fast. You got to go fast. Ocul- Oculus owners will lose all store purchases and account information if they delete their Facebook account. <laughs> Don't mess. Wow. <laughs> if, you have bought, if you've bought any apps on the Oculus, you then connect it to your Facebook account, which you're required to do, and then you delete your Facebook account, you, you lose access to all your apps. Guys, let's, no let's make sure everyone understands this. I'm sorry. There, there are no Oculus. There is no such thing as an Oculus account. It's Facebook. You have a, you have a Facebook account. So if you delete your Facebook account, you will, you will lose your stuff. So just make that clarification up front that you do not have an Oculus account. If, if you merge them, wow. you don't have you a Facebook to. account. You used to have. So, one. so deleting it will, of course, delete Man. your stuff. That well, so Facebook stock it, is looking even better now. When I was in it the other day, it, there was a little update notification about this. And it said I had, because I declined to merge them already, like now. It said, do you want to merge them now? I said, no. It said, great. You have till January 1st of 2023, which is farther out than I thought. So maybe they got some backlash and pushed it out a little bit. But that news is crazy. I'm sorry. I had to stop. It is. Anyway, <laughs> that is pretty crazy. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like I hadn't used my Facebook account in years, years, like five plus years. I think I'm think my profile picture doesn't include one of my children as an example. Like it's it's been a long time. I started using it again because of Marketplace, because it is far superior to things like Craigslist. Sorry, Craigslist. But um <laughs> No, little true. things like that little things like that will bring people back to those platforms and this just becomes an anchor that prevents people from ever deleting it in the first place which means that one thing that happens to be the reason you go back to Facebook gets you out of the woodwork and and interacting again I don't look at my timeline I don't even know what people are doing on Facebook but I I am on Facebook regularly with my new house purchase looking for used goods on Facebook's marketplace so I'm Facebook, sure I'm a stick I never somewhere. open it other than putting on my headset. There you go. So that you're back in. 
So I right, yay, yay because I'm, I'm an investor. So whatever. <laughs> that was some hot news I had to drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is that is hot. So we're actually shutting the show down now. <laughs> no, we're not shutting the show down. Just this episode. That's what I mean. Oh, oh, that's a good point. That is semantically quick point dangerous statement. Yeah, we no, that's a good point. And that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for a listen. We love having you on the show. So if you want to come join us, let us know. We hope you enjoyed everything that we talked about as much as we did. We obviously get pretty excited about this stuff. Go tell your friends. Thanks for subscribing. And once again, don't forget, we've got a Patreon account. So if you want to support what we're doing on the show, go out there and give us a donation. Thanks. Cheers. And we'll talk to you Wednesday. Later.